Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a show full of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. And now here is your host, Nicola Beer, who specializes in a proven 10-step program to help couples increase the love, passion, and happiness in their marriage in 30 days or less, guaranteed. Hi and welcome to this episode where it's Nicola Beer with your co-host Eddie Skerritt and we're going to be talking to you about affairs and cheating. Now if you've been cheated on you'll know how painful and devastating the news can be and many people say it's not the cheating itself it's that trust that has been broken. The one person that you were hoping for to give you love and to remain loyal to you has broken that trust. If you're listening because you're having an affair and you're stuck then on ending it, sometimes I have couples work with couples like that, or if you're a couple together and you're listening to this because you want to recover after an affair, we're going to be talking in detail about all of these topics and also what leads to affairs. So. To start us off, what I would really like to share with you is the three main types of affairs that I see in marriage counselling, because there can be some confusion over what counts as an affair. So a dictionary definition is anything that is an emotional or physical attachment to someone else outside of your spousal marriage relationship. So. For some, cheating can be online, internet with the social media, having internet affairs has been quite uh, prevalent. Then you have physical affairs and also emotional affairs. Now, why do people have affairs? That's a really hot topic. And there's really three main factors of why people have affairs. There are the forces that an individual Uh, has an affair that pull them towards uh, a new lover. There are the forces that pull people away. So there's things maybe in the relationship that trigger people to, to push towards an affair. And then there's also cultural and societal factors that lead to an affair. So as you can imagine with the pull, there could be the excitement, It could be sex, it could be that emotional void that's not being filled, and it could be various other things that people get attracted to. And this is why in some marriages that I've I've helped heal from after an affair, the person that's had the affair honestly says, there's nothing wrong with our current relationship. My wife is great, Um, our family life is great, I'm really happy, but I couldn't resist it. And so... This is where the pull factor clearly is the reason for the affair. What often happens more commonly, however, is the the push factor. When needs aren't being met in a relationship. And now these can be physical, emotional, or other needs within the relationship. So by the physical, obviously sex or affection. And by the emotional, it can be not having someone that you can talk to. Statistics show that more women than men 
are likely to have emotional affairs and more men are likely to have physical affairs. And then cyber affairs, I mean, the data is, is pretty hard to find because lots of people won't admit to having an affair. But they say that with the internet, it's actually quite equal between men and women having cyber affairs. So there's various different things that we can talk about to protect your marriage from affairs, which I'll go through at the end of this episode. But first of all, I'd like to move over to Eddie and ask Eddie what your views are on needs in a relationship and causes of affairs or any angle you have to share with us on affairs. Yes, well, I mean, it, it's very much linked to commitment in a relationship. If you look at uh, these push-pull factors, this type of thing, within a relationship, if you have, you've got costs and you've got benefits, all relationships are going to have costs and benefits, of course they do. But in many cases, what happens in relationships is the costs tend to build and over time and the benefits tend to decrease. This can often happen if you don't plan your relationship properly and if you're not really committed or you've gone in for the wrong reasons at the start or circumstances change. So you can have those three factors that sort of uh, change the way a relationship evolves. Um, but again, this is one of those issues that has so much to unpack in it because it is different for men and women. Um, as you mentioned, women tend to have more emotional cheating and uh, men, it tends to be more a physical thing. Um, and this comes down to some of the factors that men and women need and, uh, and whether or not they're getting them in their source relationship. So one of the things that I've sort of found is that uh, for women, if they're in a relationship, uh, in a long-term relationship, often they, they have to find a man that ticks a, lot of, a certain number of boxes. They've got to have a certain number of uh, benefits, right? And those benefits are usually at the start, obviously, emotional benefits, um, but then also logistical. So you've got things like, and, and the common expression for it is, uh, he's good on paper, a good on paper guy. But the good on paper guy is not generating the emotional value for a partner. Initially, they can often have that because it's all new. And this, this is something I see all the time. We have these new relationships. There's all this emotional um, stuff going on. But as it settles and it flatlines, and men's emotions generally are a lot more flatlined than, than women's emotions, the emotional value disappears because, you know, for women, they need that, those emotional spikes, highs, the highs of excitement um, coming and going. Whereas for men, men don't really need that. Men, men uh, need comfort. And once you've got... Comfort is the opposite of what women... It's lower down the chain of, ne of needs for women than, uh, than emotions, right? So what I often see is that as a relationship evolves, the amount of emotional um, value that occurs in it can actually decrease over time, especially for women. And when this happens, you get a bit of apathy because, you know, it's, it's neither negative or positive. It's sort of just flat lines for them, right? So, of course, women will tend to go out and seek that emotional value as well. And, and as you said earlier in those statistics, women will tend to have emotional cheating more than men tend to, right? And it, conversely, if you look at men, the same sort of thing happens. But as the emotions flatline... So does the sex life, right? 
So men tend to miss out on what they value a little bit more, which is sexualization, and then they tend to then uh, go out and seek that elsewhere as well, because the ben that's one of the benefits of being in a relationship, or a cost if you think of it, you can think of it either way, like one, the benefit is decreasing, or the cost of being in there with no sexualization is increasing. So um, as that cost benefit changes, then they will go out and seek that externally as well. So it's really the same sort of reasons on both halves, but it exhibits differently. So men will seek out that sexualization. Women are going to seek out that emotional, um, emotional value elsewhere. And uh, for the clients that I have, and a lot of the clients I have are, are young guys who've just come out of a bad relationship. They're a bit crushed. They're a bit disillusioned um, as, as to women. And one of the things I teach them, and this is massively important, super, super tip for guys going on in a relationship, you have to create emotional value for your partner. If you do not create emotional value, you will end up on that statistic of them going and seeking it out elsewhere. They may not seek out a sexual relationship, or they might, or the emotional value they find elsewhere can turn into that, right? So if you, if you want to avoid that, you need to create emotional value for your partner. And there's a whole range of strategies for that. Um, we don't, I don't think we'll go into the depth of that, but you do need to be creating that value. Um, conversely, for women, uh, sexualization is going to be important. And the other benefits, the other less emotionally based benefits, but the more, um, these are on more on paper benefits. I mean, certainly, Men uh, want sexual; they need sexualization and this type of stuff. Um, but also the other benefits, so calm and peace, and um, and still positive emotions, but generally not. Uh, we don't need the heightened emotions. Uh, that's not as valuable to us as just a generalized positivity. And if you lose generalized positivity in, in a relationship for men, that's a real negative. I mean, there's nothing men want more than peace. And men will talk about peace and freedom more than women will. Women are less interested in peace and freedom. They're more interested in, in excitement and passion, right? And you can look at those two things conversely. And you can really, I mean, I was just, it was fascinating to hear those statistics, Nicola, and, and how clearly it just plays out in the, in the lives of these people who are going out and cheating. But the other thing I would also say is that, and we looked at those three, the online, the uh physical and the emotional cheating. And often I see it as a combination of all of them. Um, you know, with some of the clients that I have uh, the, the cheat and they're female, they tend to start online or start with just an emotional relationship and then it can often flow onto uh, the sexualization because they use that, they, in a sense, as a trade-off for the emotions or it can become online or on the phone or text. Uh, because they're not always linked with that that partner that they're that extra partner they've got, um, and conversely, it couldn't be the same with men. They might be seeking out sexualization, but they will use emotions, um, and they'll you know extend it to online as well. So you can often get a bit of a meld of all of them. They're not usually exclusive, or they're certainly not mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's really interesting that you're saying that, and um, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Affairs, they are a combination often of all of those elements, but th this is how they start. They often start emotional, physical, or, or cyber, but they can also develop. 
And that's one of the times where some couples, they will come to me and one of them has had a Facebook affair. You know, they've been chatting to one of their exes um, from the past online or some other women online on Facebook. And um, I had a couple where the wife said, you know, this this is really bad. And the man couldn't see it as bad because he just thought it was harmless chatting. And what you need to realize is that once you cheat uh, on a, maybe a cyber affair, then it's more likely that it's going to turn emotional and then it's going more likely than it's going to turn physical if, if you meet them. And affairs often start quite innocently, just about getting that um, that's that tension that you're missing in your current relationship where someone makes you feel a different way and that's how people can can fall in love and so what I would recommend is if you're feeling right now that you could cheat or you're feeling um, attracted to somebody else and you um, you're, you're having these feelings that you're not sure about then now is the time to start taking actions. And this is how you can actually affair-proof your relationship because it's about awareness that starts with you. And you need to, as a couple, say, okay, I'm feeling a bit attracted to this person and take a step away, move yourself from, from that situation or change the dynamics. If you're attracted to someone at work and you're worried that you know it may develop, then ask them over to your house and meet to meet your 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 partner because then that can just lessen the uh, and change the dynamic between the two people at work if there's flirting or that emotional connection happening because it can be very easy to to cheat we can all be vulnerable with the right set of circumstances most people cheat because they feel that their partner their husband or their wife is not giving them what they need. They're not giving them, they're not talking to them, they're not there for them, um, and yeah, and, and someone else comes along and understands their problems or is giving them that attention, that love, that affection, whatever it is that is missing. So that's step number one. And if you're having fantasies about sleeping with someone else or being with someone else, then you really need to look at what are these fantasies showing you? What are you missing in the relationship? And then you can work on the relationship and think, okay, what I'm missing is we used to be friends and now we're not. What I'm missing is we used to do activities together and now we don't do anything. What I like about the other person is they listen to me. And you know, using whatever these signs are showing you to revamp and, and re-help your relationship. And one of the things, obviously, that affairs do once they are discovered is they completely destroy trust. And so then trust has to be rebuilt. And trust is something that you can't just flitch, uh, you know, turn on a switch like a light and that's it. You know, trust is back on. No matter how many times your wife or your husband will tell you that it will never happen again, trusting doesn't happen overnight. It's more like one of those dimmer switches where you need to consistently turn it up and turn and work on the trust. And trust is done and rebuilt by small actions over time. It cannot be done overnight. So really, I think if affairs are a problem for you right now in your relationship, if you've discovered an affair, 
my heart goes out to you. I know how painful that can be. And if you are, um, you know, if you've had an affair and you're still in an affair, but you can't end the affair, then you also need to look at why that is. What is the affair giving you? And can you get that from your current relationship so that you can end the affair? And if you're a couple, I really recommend that you get some kind of support to recover because people and, and couples, they can recover from affairs quite, quite quickly. There is a, definitely a process because like all grief and loss, there is obviously a devastating blow to uh, the marriage, but couples do repair with the right work, with the right actions and making sure that you're fulfilling each other's needs. Because if you're completely fulfilling each other's needs, the chances of affairs happening are very, very uh, minimal. And uh, lastly, I would like to say just one more trigger of affairs is, uh, well, there's a few. They can also be sex addiction, which, you know, some, which is an awful thing for, for someone to, to have, where they just need to have sex to clear their mind or to unwind or to get a release. And that can be very um, horrible for someone that has that uh, addiction. So getting support for that can, can be useful. And another reason is low self-esteem, where people actually feel so low that they are relying on someone else to make them feel good. And that's how they get involved in an affair. So working on those, like with all things, anything in our relationships, we need to be looking at our own contribution to things as well. So I guess the last bit of this is we need to look at if we are cheating or if people are cheating generally because they're having unmeed, unmeed, uh, unmet needs in their relationship and they're seeking those elsewhere, how do you stop your partner from cheating on you? How do you ensure that you're sort of future-proofing your relationship in a sense to make sure that you are going to be fulfilling those needs for your partner? And this is something that I certainly run through with guys and it's the needs that women have that you're going to have to fulfill. And I know, Nicola, you'll be able to uh, run through some of the ones, uh, some of the needs of men as well. I sort of concentrate uh, for men looking at women. So the first one of these is women need positive emotions. And we sort of touched, I touched on this earlier. If you want to have a, if you have a flat line of emotion in your relationship and it is just day-to-day -day boredom, that is going to lead to the stereotypical bored housewife who goes off and has an affair. So that, that is a key one. And uh, there's many strategies for generating emotion. Um, but basically, you've got to have in-group um, jokes between yourselves. And you've got to have laughter. And you've got to have um, excitement. And you can tease your partner, but it's got to be in a friendly way. Your partner's got to know that when you tease them, you're joking and they can like give you a punch on the arm and, and that sort of stuff is always going to help with your uh, with generating more positive emotions, that spiking of emotions, if you were. The second one is that your partner, if, you're, if your partner's a woman, they're going to need to be seen. They need to be seen in the relationship and know that they're not invisible. You'll hear women sometimes say that they feel invisible in a relationship and there's nothing worse for a woman than to feel invisible. It means that, that they have no worth and you're taking away their self-worth. So you've got to acknowledge them. You've got to be present with them. And that's one I'm going to get to in a second. But... The third one is you've got to be making your partner feel safe. There's nothing that is going to make a woman seek out another man more 
they're not feeling safe in the relationship or and not feeling safe physically and mentally around you, if they don't feel they can confide in you, that means that there's a safety issue there. They're going to need to confide in someone else. If they don't feel physically safe because you're not looking after them, protecting them through the crowd if you're at a nightclub or through, you know, if you're leaving the front door unlocked and your partner hates that because they fear, you know, the front door being unlocked, then you're not creating a safety for them and that is going to erode your relationship and they're going to seek out another safer relationship. Number four is your partner needs to be understood. Yes, you can see them, they can, you can, they can know that you see them, but they need to know that you understand how they're feeling and women will not want to tell you. They want you to be a detective. They want you to see the signs and, and they, want to, they want you to, that is an indication to them that you understand who they are and how they're feeling, so important, massively important. It will make them feel loved and it will make them feel seen and acknowledged and it will make them feel like they have value enough for you to really take the time to understand them. Very, very important. Going to the last two here. Number five, they need to be engaged. You have to be present in a relationship. You can do all that other stuff, but if you're not engaging with your partner, looking them in the eyes, being present with them, you know, and a lot of this is actually eye contact when you're talking to your partner. Not walking in and talking with them in the background while you're doing something else, talking while you're on your phone, all this sort of stuff. You need to engage your partner, you need to be present with them. And that presence, they will feel your masculinity. And that generates attraction, right? And attraction is so important to women. It's a very powerful emotion. If you can generate that attraction with your partner through engagement on an ongoing basis, the attraction will never die, right? And you can keep this going. It is an absolute myth that attraction only lasts for the first couple of years of a relationship. I have been in and I've seen many, many relationships where red-hot attraction occurs for a very long time, but you have to have these factors. And the last one, and it's a bit of a controversial one, is that women do like to be directed. I've had so many one-on-one counseling sessions with women where they sit there and they say, you know, um, I tell him I want to do this, and he just goes along with it. And then I tell him, oh, we need some time apart, and he just says, okay, I'll give you the time apart, and we move. And then I I tell him, you know, uh, we need this, and he just goes along with it. And I feel like he's got no direction and he's not directing us. And what they're really saying is that they want a man who is congruent and a man that is strong. And they are testing that strength by seeing if he will just go along with anything. Right? What women really want is they want their man to direct the destiny of them as a couple. Now, it doesn't mean that they want everything in their life controlled or directed or a father figure or anything crazy like that. I often get that when I bring this up. But what it does mean is that they want a man that, is, that knows his path. And not only does he know his path, but she is part of that path and that he is directing the destiny of them as a couple. right? And here's a really key phrase to remember. Women do not want to be the most important thing in your life. They want to be the most important person in your life. And that means that you have to be on your spiritual path, living your destiny, and she will come along for the ride because it shows you're the big alpha dog and you're going to be there to protect her and you're a strong guy and you've got your destiny and you're not going to bend to the will of anyone. If you start just bending to the will all the time and apologizing for everything, of course there's times you have to apologize genuinely. But if you just start apologizing and bending to the will of a woman all the time, it's going to cause massive problems. You're not going to seem directed or grounded. 
You know, an alpha male which is valuable in the eyes of women is not just going to bend to any will all the time. There's going to be times when they're congruent to who they are, the destiny of the relationship that they are pulling you along. And that is going to create safety as well, the other, that other so important need. And it's going to create the safety that you know where you're going as a couple, what you're doing together. And that in itself is going to create more attraction, which flows onto positive emotions and creates the rest of the, uh, the attraction in the relationship on an ongoing basis. So these key needs, so important. So I'll run through those if you guys want to write them down. Positive emotions, got to generate them for your partner. They've got to be seen. They've got to feel safe. They have to feel understood. They've got to be engaged. And they also need to be directed. So I'll hand over to you here, Nicola. What are the needs? I'm so fascinated to hear your needs um, of men. What do men need? What do they really crave out of their women? What do they aspire to get? And, and what will they leave the relationship or start seeking elsewhere if they're not getting? Sure, and I'd absolutely love to share. Let me first start by saying, you know, thank you for sharing those needs for women, though. I think they were really powerful. And I know that arguments in my own relationships come from where I'm, I don't feel that I'm being seen. And that's a big one for me. But I can relate to, to all of what you were saying there. So, yes, uh, getting to men's needs. They are slightly different. And let me just say that women can have these needs as well. Uh, but this, this is the, they ask lots of thousands of respondents, what can your spouse do that will make you the happiest? And they came up with men's top three needs and I've added more to them as I've worked with couples. But the first three that they came up with, and I see this as proof with the, the hundreds of couples that I've now worked with, and that is um, number one for men is sexual fulfillment. And having their, their, their sexual needs fulfilled on a weekly uh, basis, sometimes um, you know, the frequency, and also their desires. So sexual fulfillment is, is key. And quite often I find in a couple, this area breaks down when they argue in other areas. So this, this is number one. Number two is physical attractiveness. Now, this might not sound very politically correct, so it might be controversial, um, but the studies have shown, and also I know from my own experience, that working with lots of people, that when people put on a lot of weight, when people change the way they look, this then impacts the sex, or it impacts the desire, the attraction, and physical attractiveness is a real need for men. They need to have their partner look a, a certain way, if you fell in love with someone and they looked how they looked and then that changes, that can take away some of the love. And then uh, with an affair, you know, if an, if, if an affair partner looks the way that your, um, your, your spouse looks, used to look or that takes a, a care in their appearance, that is offering sex, and that is going to be a big pull for, for many men. And obviously we're, we're all going to be aging and there's nothing we can do about that unfortunately um, but so I'm not talking about aging that's natural uh, but it's just you know are you a different I get the same from some women actually complaining about hygiene as well so you know physical attractiveness can be patterns or changes in hygiene but those are two of men's top ones then there's doing activities together men like to have women by their sides when they're doing activities together they like to have that companionship and that can create a lot more love. 
I've met, I've worked with hundreds of couples where they say that, you know, when they first met their partner, they used to go out for a drink together and a laugh together, or they used to go and watch football together, or their wife used to play golf or drive the buggy car at golf, or their wife used to do lots of different things. And then when they got married after a few years, the wife stopped doing these activities with the men and they like to have their their wife with them or they want to go to museums or whatever it is they want to do. They quite often like their, their wife to be with them. So that's the third one. The fourth is admiration. Men like to be admired. They like to be looked up to. They like to have their, their partner think, okay, they're clever. They are... Um, you know that they're, they're they're respectful. They they they're intelligent. They're manly. They're you know they they're a good husband. They're a good father. You know man's worst fear is shame. So the opposite to shame is really admiring them and showing them that you admire them in your actions and in what you say. The biggest turn off for a man and the biggest reason that men have affairs other than the sex side is often because they feel so criticized, they feel so put down by their wife, they can't do anything right, they're always being nagged at, then they think uh, someone else comes along and starts to build them up, they start to admire them. And this is what men really need, they need to be admired. The last, uh, well, the, the next one that I've noticed from working with lots of couples is men still have to have a sense of freedom. If they feel trapped, if they feel stuck, if they feel that they do not have uh, the freedom to go out with their friends, to you know do things that they could as a single man. Now, obviously, they're not going to be able to do lots of things, but they need some bit of freedom, and uh, you know, not too much restricting. And unfortunately, you can see relationships break down where there's too much trying to control because we can never really control someone. By monitoring, where you know, by checking their phone, by catching up on them, you can never control anyone anyway. And so, the more you try to do that, the more men will push back. So, giving them that sense of freedom, allowing them to do things that they really want to do. And then, lastly, and this one's a bit controversial, and this goes back to that first study that I mentioned. They they found that um, a lot of men really value and really need that kind of domestic support that um, you know the the mothering kind of cooking and looking after and doing the clothes and and just that having that kind of role now that's not for every man these days there's plenty of men that like uh, you know better at cooking and ironing than their wives but there are there is a huge still proportion of men that see and need to be looked after in that way, or that, that's a need for them. So those are the six needs. Overall, to affair-proof your relationship, I recommend just following you know, also the four A's. And the four A's are giving attention to your partner, giving affection to your partner, giving um, appreciation to your partner, and admiration. And if you're doing those four, that is really going to keep your relationship together and you can do those four on a daily basis you know it takes a few minutes to show affection a few minutes to ask someone how they are and a few minutes to appreciate someone so it doesn't really take long to do those four A's. Eddie is there anything that you would like to share with us before we wrap up on 
Affairs episode. Yeah, amazing, amazing list you've got there, uh, Nicola. Just uh, that's so super insightful about men. Um, and here's a really interesting uh, footnote on one of those, right? So for the physical attractive attractiveness one, this one is a massive mindset for men. Now, I look at guys and I, I talk to them about this all the time because so many guys say, well, you know, what if she loses her looks, then what? So why would I get married? Because, you know, I fear, they fear that. And, and, and absolutely right, it is a massively important uh, it is a massively important need for men, physical attractiveness, and in, and in a sense, that sort of flows on to uh, sexual fulfillment, right? Now, what's the answer? What's the answer if you want to have a long-term relationship and uh, you know you're going to age, right? What is the answer? And the answer is all men and women have both masculine and feminine in them, right? Now, women do not always, like most of the time, the attractiveness of a male is way less to do with their physicality than it is to do with who they are, right? Are they an alpha dog? What is their, do they create positive emotions for me, right? I, I cannot stress this enough. As You see it over and over and over and over and over in dating game and pickup. Uh, guys go to a nightclub, a perfect 10 looking model guy who is shy and reserved and can't talk to girls and gets nervous, just will not pick up because they just come off creepy, right? How is it that a perfect looking guy can then come off creepy? Or a guy that looks fine, normal, can come off creepy, right? But a guy who is bald and fat can go and pick up a beautiful perfect 10, right? It really just makes no sense, right? But, but in reality, it makes a lot of sense. And the, and the reason is, is that the bald fat guy that goes and picks up a perfect 10, and I may or may not be uh, <laughs> referring to myself in this case, um, is creating positive emotions for those women, right? Now, that is a feminine need, those, those positive emotions being created, and that's gonna lead on to physical attraction. So how as a man do you negate this masculine need for physical attractiveness as you get older? Well, we all, all of us, need to be both masculine and feminine in certain respects of our lives. And this is one very, very important case where men need to get in touch with their feminine sides. And you will very, very rarely hear me say this because it's very counterintuitive to your, your attraction game, right? As far as making your wife attracted to you, you have to be masculine, you have to be male and strong and dominant and all those things, right? But to see your wife as attractive on an ongoing, long-term basis, even when they're old and wrinkled, right? This is how you do it. If you go into your feminine side and your feminine side sees them and loves them for who they are, think about how much you love them because of who they are. And if you need to think about what exactly that is, it's some of these other needs here. Domestic support. If your wife or your partner is fantastic at domestic support, fantastic at looking after the children, looks after you when you're sick, you know, is there for you in those ways, which is massively, massively important to men. As you've mentioned, that is a crucial one on those six, right? Then you concentrate on that, and then they, they are a beautiful person in your mind, right? And you see this in group therapy. When people are in group therapy, men and women, they sit there, they pour their hearts out, and other people just listen, but they don't actually give them feedback in good therapy, right? In good group therapy, the other group members 
won't give direct feedback. It is up to usually your therapy leader to do that. But what people in group therapy, men and women, both say is that they will often say, I feel loved when I'm here and I feel that. And then they have the law of reciprocity come in and that love that they're feeling for other people makes them attracted to them and see them as beautiful people for who they are, right? There is nothing that makes you less attracted to a woman than uh, them not being a nice person or not fulfilling those other needs, right? And I can tell you that every perfect 10 that is out there that is not a nice person has a husband or a boyfriend that doesn't find them attractive anymore, right? The sex will drive up. You know, we often think, oh, if a man just wants the perfect 10 on the outside, then the inside doesn't matter and it is categorically incorrect. I've been in relationships with perfect 10s who have who I have zero attraction for because the, the, what's happened on the inside, the love has gone and those sorts of things. And conversely, the other way around is if you truly love your partner for all that other stuff, and a lot of that other stuff can be your feminine side of love and empathetic love, then you will find them attractive on an ongoing basis. And this is why old people can still have fantastic sex, even when they get into their 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever it is, right? Because on an ongoing basis, because they love who their partner is, and that is a feminine form of love. So that is a solution for that one for men. I thought that was a really important one to look at, because I know women could look at this list and they could get despondent. Oh, sexual fulfillment, well, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna wanna have sex, you know, if, if I'm not feeling attractive, but you can be attractive to your partner on an ongoing basis when you're older, if you put on some weight and you, you can't get off a period of time, whatever it is, but your, your partner needs to go into their feminine and you need to lift the game in the other parts. So the domestic support, allowing them to have freedom. And I don't mean freedom, you know, open relationships freedom. I mean freedom of control. Men do not like to be controlled. So that is also, I was actually really surprised that you picked that one out. Such a key need, so important uh, to men. And of course, admiration, massively important. One of the five languages of of love in, in a sense is sort of uh, affirmation and admiration. So yeah, and look, activities together, if you don't enjoy going and playing cricket with your partner, go and watch him, you know, it doesn't hurt that much and he will respond by doing things for you as well. So those needs that you've just put out there, Nicola, absolutely the best, uh, that is the best list of needs for men I've ever heard. I, th I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much, I, I'll, I'll totally integrate that into, uh, into my therapy. Right, well, uh, it's a pleasure as always uh, co-hosting this with you, Eddie. Thank you for your insights. I think that's really valuable what you've, you've mentioned there about uh, physical attractiveness being a mindset thing. I think that can really help some couples that are stuck in their relationship where they need to um, you know, change their mindset by uh, over the attraction and, and thinking what is beautiful in the inside. So that was just a perfect way to end up and wrap up this affair episode thanks so much for having me nicola and i'll see you guys next time and i forgot to say if you're struggling in your marriage right now and you want to get some resources then visit www.savemymarriageprogram.com and go on the free section there's a tab called free and underneath that you can get the free ebook the seven secrets to saving your marriage you can get a free meditation to forgive and let go. You can get a free 
video, The 10 Keys to Transforming Your Marriage, which is a 40-minute step-by-step guide on how to transform your marriage and what is needed if you are suffering in your relationship and you really want to make it a great one. And then there also is the free quiz, Can My Marriage Be Saved? So go ahead and take advantage of all of these free gifts available for you at www.savemymarriageprogram.com. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free Save My Marriage consultation, please visit www.savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash consult. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Nicola would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on whatever app you're listening through so the show stays visible, allowing more people to get the support they need to increase their love, passion, and happiness.